the Public News Service Daily Newscast, February the 13th, 2024. I'm Mike Clifford. First to California, where lawmakers are considering a range of options to combat a rise over the last two years of felony retail theft. You might also call that large-scale shoplifting. Suzanne Potter tells us about the latest in a series of hearings in West Hollywood. The State Assembly Select Committee on Retail Theft heard from residents, business owners, and social justice groups. Tanish Hollins with the nonprofit Californians for Safety and Justice says everyone agreed on one thing. The retailers and folks who patronize stores deserve safety. People should be able to do business. That's not up for debate. But relying on incarceration, jail and prison and arrest are not going to get us out of this problem because it's far more complex. Some in law enforcement have suggested in recent years that Prop 47, passed a decade ago, has contributed to the uptick. Prop 47 raised the threshold for felony theft to $950. So if the amount stolen is more than that, it'd be a felony with jail time. The law addressed overcrowding in the jails and has saved $750 million since 2015 in incarceration costs and diverted it to programs that address drivers of crime, including poverty, addiction and mental illness. Governor Gavin Newsom has proposed cracking down on the resellers of stolen goods and clarifying law enforcement can combine the value of multiple thefts to reach the threshold of felony grand theft. Meantime, former President Trump is asking the Supreme Court to extend the delay in the trial stemming from Special Counsel Jack Smith's 2020 election interference case. They argue he has presidential immunity. That for Fox News. And after a five-year court battle, New Jersey's aid and dying law has been affirmed by that state Supreme Court. Signed by the governor in 2019, the law was soon challenged by a physician based on religious, personal, and constitutional grounds. It allows mentally capable, terminally ill adults with six months or less to live to get a prescription they can use to end their lives. Dr. Paul Bryman is an advocate for medical aid in dying for people who feel their suffering is intolerable. I think that it's important that that option is available for people who choose to avail themselves of it. It's not for everyone. And... It's someone's choice whether they want to use that. No one's forced to do it. Bryman is a hospice palliative specialist who practices geriatric and internal medicine. He believes there are adequate legal safeguards to make sure patients are protected. I'm Roz Brown. In addition to New Jersey and Washington, D.C., nine other states have authorized medical aid in dying. That represents 22% of all Americans. This is Public News Service. Lawmakers in Minnesota kicked off their session this week. A bill for construction projects is on the table. Those serving Latino communities hope to get support for a centralized facility they say is much needed to connect with clients. The new session isn't expected to see as many ambitious policy moves as last year, but a bonding bill for things such as transportation and water systems is on the list. The organization Copal is asking for $7 million in state funding so it can open a Latino Center for Community Engagement in Minneapolis. Executive Director Francisco Segovia says they need to upgrade their operations in anticipation of population trends. Latinos, we are positioned to be almost 10% of the population by 2030 in Minnesota, and we want to build infrastructure to support our community members to thrive. Copal provides services such as health and wellness and workers' rights with a presence in the Twin Cities, Mankato, and Rochester. 
but officials say there are limitations with their current offices. I'm Mike Moen. Next to Kentucky, we're under proposed legislation being considered by GOP lawmakers. Renters would face harsher criminal penalties for property damage. Senior Litigation and Advocacy Counsel Ben Carter with the Kentucky Equal Justice Center explains that state lawmakers already passed a law a few years ago that made damaging rental property in excess of $1,000 punishable as a felony. He says House Bill 5 would lower that threshold. House Bill 5 reduces the amount of damage you would need to do to a rental property to $500 before a renter, 30% of all Kentuckians rent their homes, faces potential felony charges for destruction of or damage to rental properties. The state is already struggling with affordable housing. Even before the pandemic and supply chain shortages stalled new construction, the Commonwealth was short around 90,000 affordable units. Nadia Ramlagan reporting. Finally, Arjo Yalori tells us some Hoosiers want Indiana lawmakers to rethink proposed legislation that would usurp existing local laws that prohibit retailers from selling puppies. Legislators listened to emotional testimony during a three-and-a-half-hour hearing on the proposed law, which was revived from last year's session. Scott Robinson is a physician and attorney who has also founded a low-cost spay and neuter center in Indianapolis. He told the Senate Agriculture Committee there was no mystery about House Bill 1412. He says pet stores support the legislation because they are trying to keep themselves from being forced out of business. There's plenty of regulations that can be made to monitor puppy mills, but this is designed to usurp local control. Opponents say the bill lacks funding to support the agencies tasked with enforcing laws. This is not a budget year for Indiana, so any funding to support the mandate would not come before 2025. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported. Here are some radio stations, big and small. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.